book of Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 9 through 13. You'll recognize this as the Lord's giving this example prayer, this model prayer to His disciples. And in Matthew 6 and verse 9, He says, Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And we all say amen to that. We've looked at, in the past several weeks, we've considered this truth concerning confession of our sins. And I suppose that confessing our sins, and what I mean by that is, if you look at verse 12, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. But confession of sin, for the most part, is, I would guess, non-existent among believers. And if it is confessed, it's probably, oh, I sinned, and so we confess it. But there actually is, in this model prayer, an allotment of time in which we are to confess our sins. So we discussed taking time to do that. And then we looked at confession when we're under affliction, and the individual that we looked at was Job, and his confession of his own self-righteousness and his need for humility at the end of that book. And then last Wednesday, we looked at a different topic entitled Praying to the King, capital K, for Kings, little k. And tonight, I want to look at this passage in verse 13. Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I don't know about you, but when I read something like verse 13, it does strike me as interesting that I am asking the Lord not to do what? I'm asking the Lord not to be led into temptation. And we know that the Lord doesn't tempt anyone, right? And so here we have this aspect of not being led or not being brought to this arena of temptation, but to deliver us from evil. And I think first of all, as we just consider this in a devotional manner, we need to acknowledge that we can be led by the Lord into a dangerous situation in which we would be tempted not of the Lord, but of the devil. And I want you to go back a couple of chapters here in Matthew to Matthew chapter 4, and I think we'll see that right here in this passage. 
Matthew 4 and verse 1 says, Then Jesus was led up by who? The Holy Spirit. Everybody get that? He's led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. Not by God, but of the devil. Everybody see that? So we know that God doesn't tempt us. And we know from this verse that we actually can be led into situations, I would call this a dangerous situation, in which the devil himself would take advantage of it in order to bring us into a temptation to walk apart from the will of God or to walk in sin. Now just think about this situation here in Matthew chapter 4, and I think you can see just how dangerous it really is. He is in the wilderness. So he is in an area of potentially wild animals. He's, if it's, I don't know how uh, much of a wilderness as far as forestry or something like that in Jesus' day. It's barren now, but here he is out. He's not in the city. He's out among the wild beasts, so to speak. That would be dangerous, would it not? And here's something dangerous, verse 2. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights. I've never fasted 40 days and 40 nights. I think the most I've ever fasted over a situation was 10 days. This is four times that amount. And you also have this situation that after those 40 days and 40 nights, verse 2, he then became hungry. Now this isn't hungry like, oh, I'd like to have a snack. The Greek term here literally refers to a twisting or a nodding of the stomach. So his body was crying out for what? For food. Would you consider that a dangerous situation to be in? It is a dangerous situation, not because God's not protecting His Son, but because it becomes a situation that can be utilized by the devil himself in our lives. And of course, you know from this passage that Satan does come, does he not? And he comes with all deception. And the very first thing he tempts the Lord with is in the area of that twisted stomach. He asked the Lord to command that these stones be made bread. That's a deceptive temptation, isn't it? Then he goes and he takes him up on the holy city. He has him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. And this time he is seeking to deceive our Lord by using Scripture in a time of extreme hunger. That's a dangerous situation. And then, of course, you have the situation where he takes him to a very high mountain, verse 8. He shows him all the kingdoms of the world. He shows all the magnificence, all the glory, all the, all the little 
false light and majesty of all the kingdoms of the world. And basically he says something like this, I will give all this to you if you fall down and worship me. In other words, you don't have to go to the cross to get this. All those kingdoms were His, weren't they? But He had to go to Calvary. And here's an opportunity for all that had been promised Him. Asked of Me, Psalm 2, I'll give you the heathen for your inheritance. All He had to do was bypass the suffering and the pain and the bearing of our iniquity. Would you call that a dangerous situation? That is a dangerous situation. And folks, this is how Satan really works in our lives. Now we can be tempted at any point. But you do recall that Job's situation and the temptations that came with his situation came after his destruction of all that he had and then later on the very destruction of his own health. Then Satan came and said, Satan really is an evil one, isn't he? And he does seek to ask those types of approval in our lives. And folks, the model prayer is us asking the Lord not to lead us into situations like this. And if we do find ourselves providentially in situations like this, what is the next prayer request? Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. We are very much weak creatures. Every one of us has Achilles' heel. Every one of us responds differently to different difficulties. What one person in our church may go through with no issues, another person may actually be in danger of collapse. We all have immaturities, don't we? And we all have different measures of health. And here's the thing, brethren. Our whole life is a nest bed of potential temptations. All life is a nest bed for potential temptations. And we need to ask the Lord not to carry us, not to bring us forward into such situations. But if He does, deliver us from what? Deliver us from the evil one. Sometimes we'll word it as if we got the rug pulled out from under our feet. 
or something happens in our life totally unexpected. And it's in those situations that we are most vulnerable. Because it's in those situations we really, our default pattern is to doubt God. I would say that if we hardly ever take a season or a lot of time in our personal devotional life to confess our sins, I would say we hardly ever spend any time saying, Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from what? From evil. We hardly take any time at all. I don't know if you prayed anything like this. I have many times. Lord, don't let me fall. You ever prayed anything like that? That's basically what this verse is saying to pray. Or to acknowledge a situation where you may not respond properly. When our weaknesses are magnified and the circumstances of life are difficult, we are most susceptible to be allured to take steps outside of the will of God. Let me give you another illustration just off the top of my head. It's not in my notes. Think about the children of Israel. They're leaving Egypt and then they encounter the Red Sea. Would you call that a difficulty? And what do they do? Are they susceptible to temptation of doubting God? Absolutely. And even Moses himself, though he does the right thing, he goes into prayer. You know, when he goes into prayer, we would never have known this if the Scripture hadn't recorded it. He's like, Lord, (laughs) we're in trouble. You said, what's going on? Do you want us to die out here? God says, lift your rod up over over the sea and I'll, I'll divide it. And I've always chuckled because it's so pastoral-like that in private you're saying, oh, Lord, help, please, do something, help me. And then in public it's hold out the rod (laughs) very confidently and the sea divides. But it was a dangerous situation, wasn't it? When they were in the wilderness and had no food, was that a dangerous situation? And they failed. Mm -hmm. Now when I read something like this, and I read, Lord, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I immediately start asking myself, well, you know, what does this mean? And then after I ponder it, what I start looking for is, do I have an example of someone praying this in my Bible? And the answer to that is, as best as I can determine, I can't find an example where it was prayed, but I know of example where it was commanded to pray this. And that was our Lord's command to the disciples entering into the Garden of Gethsemane. And I want you to turn to Luke chapter 22. 
Now, if you harmonize all the accounts in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and even John concerning the Garden of Gethsemane, what you will find out is, is that our Lord told them this, Luke 22, verse 40. When He arrived at the place, He said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. Isn't that what He said to pray in the model prayer? But what you'll find is you harmonize it, you'll find out that after the first, second, and third times, He tells them the same thing. Pray that you do not enter into temptation. Now in the Luke passage, we don't have the mental ones, but we have the first, verse 40, and then we have the last, verse 46. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not enter into temptation. And this is why I say, when I'm looking for, do I have anybody in my Bible that actually prayed it, as far as we know, the disciples did not what? They didn't pray it. They fell, uh, they fell asleep. But Jesus did command them to pray that. Now the commentators are generally all over the place with this because my next question is this, what temptation are they praying not to enter into? That's a natural question, right? And really we can't answer that definitively. But evidently they knew. And it is a real situation in which temptation can occur. In other words, this just isn't merely a trial, this just isn't a possibility. Jesus is actually telling them that through this night, which is going to be a real situation for you, you need to pray that you do not enter into temptation because they will be tempted. Now here's something interesting. Jesus did not tell them to pray for an escape. What He did say is to pray that the situation that they were entering into would not become a temptation to them. What would be the temptation? Well, I think it would be to fall away. Previous to this, our Lord had told Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Judas had just fallen away, had he not? I mean, we got a hot situation of danger here. Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Peter said, no, I'm not. And of course, he's going to fail. And he fell before that. He couldn't even stay awake, let alone not deny the Lord. 
But folks, when he tells Peter, you're going to deny me and all of you are going to be scattered, it just wasn't Peter that was in danger of denying the Lord. He would address Peter in one of the harmonies, but he would actually say, you, plural. He's speaking to all the disciples there in that upper room. They were all in danger of the potential of falling away. And what's going to happen in that garden is a real potential, isn't it? And it's a real dangerous situation. One that Satan himself could take advantage of. Ordeals in our life can become temptations, especially if we listen to the devilish suggestion God has abandoned you. If you were a believer, you wouldn't be going through this. God's not good. If He was good, He wouldn't allow this to happen to you. And I suppose if I was to ask or before raise a hand, since any of those thoughts ever entered into your mind, you would probably, all of us, raise our hands. Any of us who have walked with the Lord for any amount of time. Jesus isn't the true Messiah. Why don't you just go back to the world? Look how much fun they're having. Folks, don't you think it would be a good thing for us to pray that we enter not into temptation? Nobody likes situations like that. But if the Lord does providentially allow a situation like that, deliver us from from the evil one. Was Peter ultimately delivered? Were the disciples who left him, they abandoned him in that garden, did they eventually come back to him? They did. And here's the beautiful thing, brethren. Even if you and I don't pray that, our Lord's praying that for us. Peter, I prayed for you that your faith would not fail. Everybody hear that? Now folks, when we pray to enter not into temptation, what are we asking? Well, we are asking not to be brought into that type of situation. And if we are, providentially, we ask that we are delivered from evil, but how does He do that? What does He do to deliver us? Well, you say, of course, Pastor, He removes the situation. (laughs) Well, sometimes He does. Hallelujah for that. How does He deliver us? Well, I'll tell you and then I'll try to show it to you. 
He does it by giving us the strength to walk in His will. He does it by giving us the strength to walk in His will. Now you're here in Luke chapter 22. I want you to look down here in the Garden of Gethsemane. In verse 40, our Lord tells them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. So what does our Lord do? He withdrew withdrew Himself from them about a stone's throw, and He knelt down and began to pray. Father, if You are willing, remove this cup from Me, yet not My will, but Yours be done. Now let's just pause here. In our Lord's humanity, was He being brought into a dangerous situation? So he does pray, Lord, if, there, if there's any other way, remove the cup. Providentially, there is no other way, right? So what happens? This is only mentioned in Luke. Luke 22, verse 43. Now an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. Everybody see that? Dangerous situation. Being brought into a situation where the devil can use this to tempt. If you're willing, Father, remove this cup, but not my will, but yours be done. The answer to that prayer is, an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. Now that strengthening of Him didn't take away the suffering. Verse 44, And being in agony, He was praying very fervently. And His sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. But was He strengthened? He was strengthened. Did He go through this avenue of temptation. Did he win? He won by the power of God, by the strength of God. He did this. Now go back to Luke 21. I'll show you another verse. I got brought to this because the other harmonies in our Bible doesn't always say, pray that you be, don't enter into temptation, but it will say it, and then he'll say this, be watchful or be alert. Now listen to this. Verse 36. He's talking about the return of Christ, the last days, and he says, but keep on the alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. All these things that are about to take place, those believers that are going to be there in that day, 
is really a season of danger. Be alert and pray. Certainly that you enter not into temptation, but what's the answer to that? If He allows the temptation, the the dangerous situation to occur, we need strength. Pray that you might have the strength to escape all these things that are about to take place. And folks, you know when you when you read the book of Revelation, you know they need strength, don't you? And so again in Luke 22, verse 31, <clears throat> Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. But I prayed for you, that's singular, Peter, that your faith may not fail. What's that going to take for Peter's faith not to ultimately collapse? Strength. And Peter, when once you have turned again or you have repented, do what to your brethren? Strengthen them. Strengthen them with the same strength that I've given to you that your faith would not fail and that you would repent and return to me. Folks, it's power, it's strength is what we need. And that strength was given to our Savior. And the strength will be given to the saints at the last days. The last of the last days. And the strength was given to Peter. And Peter communicated that strength to the other men. And folks, when we go through seasons that are nest beds for temptations... We need the same strength. So when we pray, Lord, lead us not into temptation, we're either asking, don't bring us into dangerous situations by which Satan can tempt us, but if we are in those situations, deliver us from evil by giving us the strength to stand in that evil day. Brethren, don't you think that that ought to be something we ought to pray occasionally? Instead of just praying that whatever the circumstance is doesn't come. We ought to be more concerned about our being tempted than we are our circumstances. So I concluded by asking myself this question. If Peter was here today... He added to our special guest. There's Peter. He's sitting right there. Right right there. Everybody see? He's right there. And he said to you, can I talk to you for a minute? Privately. You go back there in the back room. And he looks at you and says, when our Lord told us to pray that we don't enter into temptation. 
how should I pray? What would you counsel me to pray? Would you just look and go, bah, 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 bah? That's what I would do. What would you tell Peter? What would you counsel those men? Because they were sleeping. First of all, you'd say, stay awake. But what would you tell them? I wrote this down. This isn't inspired. I don't have a verse for this. Oh Lord, Your Son told us that I would deny Him three times and that all of us would be scattered. Strengthen us so that we would not be tempted to abandon You. That we would be strengthened to stand against the evil one. Deliver us, O Lord, for Your name's sake. Amen. Let's go to our Lord in prayer.